Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Hello, and welcome to Champions of Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on twitch.tv slash cnegames or later on your favorite podcast service, Mitra Jordan and Rafael Bucamazzo, a.k.a. Dr. B, talk about mental health in these unprecedented times, as well as how gaming affects us. If you're here with us live in the chat, you can leave a question that I, Trevor Bettis, will ask them later in the show. And our topic today is depression. But before we get into that, uh, who are you fine folks for, for people who may not know? He always Mitra? gets me to open up. Well, <laughs> at this point. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so I'm Mitra Jordan. I'm a, a clinical counselor. I'm a psychotherapist in private practice in Victoria, BC. Um, and I love games. Um, I enjoy them in my life with my family. I enjoy helping other people understand and, and cope with screen time for their kids, for example. And I enjoy incorporating games and gamification into my practice as well, where appropriate. So that's me. And I am uh, Dr. Rafael Bocamazzo, uh, better known as Dr. B for long Italian name reasons. And the I, I, I'm waiting for the day that that stops making Trevor laugh. After, it's just it it's a happen. good one. If after 15 episodes, I think. Uh, but but 17, 17, 17. 17. OK, wow. Yes. But uh, I am a non-practicing doctor of clinical psychology, though I did work with people at one point. I am the clinical director of TakeThis.org, which was in 2012 the very first mental health nonprofit to serve the game community. Uh, we are all about educating our game community uh, as well as uh, destigmatizing mental health matters. And I also happen to be an expert on the topic of role-playing games applied in clinical and learning settings. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're here to, to talk about depression. Yeah, the the you know the the most fun topic that we totally I, you I, know. I do feel a little guilty do. about having this much enthusiasm in the morning for talking yeah. about this. It feels it feels incongruent to be here like, all right, who's ready to talk about depression? depression. It, and the reason I smile, I, I'm smiling, is honestly I see so much of it in my practice, and I see so many misunderstandings around depression and how it operates and what it really is. That I'm just I'm just keen to help um, demythologize, I suppose, and also destigmatize. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's there really are a lot of misconceptions around the topic of depression, even and this this really aggravates me, it, even within the world of mental health. Like I have a friend who had a medical professional recently say to them that you can't be depressed. You had your hair done. 
Yeah, I know. I know. It's. I'm like, really? What? Really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's. I mean, this is. We're. We're. I'm being a little flippant about it, but there. This is a serious topic. It's one that I've actually struggled with my entire life, uh, mm-hmm. largely as a secondary manifestation of my autism. And I know Trevor, you've been open about yours as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know if I've mentioned, but yeah, I've struggled with it in various forms. <laughs> this is where this is where my gallows humor comes in. I'm like, if you're depressed and you know it, raise your hand. <laughs> For the audio listeners, we all raised our hands. <laughs> we did, we did. Yeah, because I think it's such a it's a common experience to varying degrees, and then of course there's clinical depression, which we're going to get into the difference between those experiences. So. Yeah. So why don't we start like we we normally do with these words? Like what what is depression? Because I, you know, like you said, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of wrong ideas out there of what depression is. Yeah. Uh, well, Mitra, you wanna you wanna take the lead on this one? Uh, you have such beautiful notes. Though. <laughs> <laughs> said no teacher to me ever. <laughs> I expect uh, Cornell style next week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm s- Cornell, that's that's the thing. That's the Thanksgiving thing with all of the things coming out of it, right? That's a that's a corn. No, that's not a cornetto. That's a no corn. That's, no, that's a right. horn of plenty. Snack. Yeah. See, <laughs> and, and you see, this would make people be like, "You all can't have depression. Right? You're making jokes and laughing." Well, making okay, jokes so, all the time. Yeah. Okay. So depression is different than just being down, feeling down for a little bit, because there are there are absolutely appropriate things to feel sad over in life okay there are lots of things that are going to make us feel sad all right and there's we don't i i just think we don't use that word enough that Mm -hmm. i'm sad it feels childish Mm -hmm. but it's also accurate that there are things that make us sad and there are things that should make us sad absolutely but depression on the flip side of that is where you are it's one basically it's nine symptoms okay there are nine symptoms in the in the manual the 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 bibli the according to the american psychological association or psychiatric association of which you must meet five or more for a period of two weeks or more and one of those two symptoms has to be a depressed mood most of the day nearly every day by either your self report or the observation of others, or it has to be something called anhedonia, which is just everything feels bleh. The the stuff you used to enjoy doesn't sound enjoyable anymore. You're just kind of going through the motions. And it needs to be one of one or of those two, or both, mm-hmm. plus at least four other symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I'm of just gonna nine. Just going to jump in and say, yeah, anhedonia is the opposite of feeling pleasure. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about being hedonistic. So this is this is not that. This is when you, it's really hard to take pleasure or enjoy the things that you used to do. There's just an absence of that. Yeah. And I, I will say for, for me personally, that's actually the biggest warning sign that I'm struggling with depression again. Uh, mm-hmm. And if I'm especially playing video games, if I'm if I'm playing video games and I, I love video games, I love a lot of things. I love video games. If I'm playing video games and I find myself doing it just to go through the motions and I'm not actually enjoying it, that is mm-hmm. a huge red flag for me. Mm-hmm. 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 
And and now just remember that can also be many things. If you're staying up too yeah. late playing video games and you're not enjoying the, you, you it, probably just need to go to bed. But, it uh, could just, also just, be that's you know, a Sunday night and I've done all of the Destiny stuff during the week and I'm just waiting for reset to happen. Like, well, right, right, but there's no updates. Nothing good is yeah. happening here. <laughs> Bungie, why? But but going into it, the, it's more than just the anhedonia. It's more mm-hmm. than just uh, the the low mood most of the day, nearly every day for two weeks or more. There, you're also talking about either um, physical agitation or physical, like your body feels heavy. The technical term is psychomotor retardation, um, where you just, you're not moving, where you have no energy. Or you're talking about the, or, or you're talking about a, a weight, a, a massive weight change in either direction or an appetite change, or mm-hmm. uh, you're either sleeping too much or too little. Or you're having just thoughts about your own demise. And by the way, if you are having those, please, please reach out. Please uh, access our mental health resources. There are uh, mental health resources in the chat if somebody would type in the appropriate code for that. You can go over to takethis.org forward slash mental health resources. But uh, yeah. Uh, there, but it's a whole spectrum of things. It's a whole spectrum of things. Nine different symptoms of which of of which you must meet five. And somebody once did the math uh, for me, and it was something like fifty four thousand different variations. Wow! And that's why depression looks. There is no one depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have the depressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're if you're feeling depressed or you notice a drop in mood um, or a drop in your enjoyment of things or you notice you're sleeping more or it's harder to get going and that it's even harder to get going for those things that you normally would have been thrilled, excited about, um, and you've lost a certain amount of hope, this is where it's, it's really important to just look out, like be present to that. Ask yourself what's going on. Don't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, my, my, uh, I've said this on the show before, and I will say this to many, many people, hopefully in the future, that if you're debating whether or not this is worthy of attention, it's worthy of attention. Yes. Mm-hmm. If yes. you're even debating. I was, I've been reflecting <laughs> in the last little while about being inconvenient. And I think we all work hard to not be inconvenient and even to ourselves. And so when we start to talk about our mood or how we might be doing, or it's just so much easier in the short run to pretend positivity. It is not easier in even the medium or the long run. You need to do the inconvenient thing. And if that means, actually, I'm not feeling so good. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Now the the the, the somebody uh, let's see uh, mom twenty three reds put in the chat depression is no joke but sometimes joking about things uh, help me cope uh, with uh, a downtime for me um, and that that's like that's like one thing where it's like you you probably don't recognize when someone has depression like yeah. You probably know someone who you don't know has depression that totally does. Um, I, I the one that I get all the time is they're like, what? How, what do you mean you have depression? You're always like loud and laughing and the the you know the fun at the party. And I'm just like, yeah. And then immediately afterwards, I am a wreck and I'm just sitting in my living room staring at a wall, 
because it's just terrible. Well, I, I wonder if it helps if, if it helps us to differentiate between emotion and moods. Mm. Because it's it, emotion and moods, I, I think about it kind of like weather and climate. Okay? Emotions are the moment-to-moment experiences, whereas moods are the long-term trends. And you can have a depressed mood mm-hmm. while still having <clears throat> moments of laughter. Yeah. And you just kind of come back to that baseline. I mean, for me, um, yeah, I well, actually I won't even get into it. Turn it into like, let's talk about what brings me down and I'm going to bring the room down in the process. And that's the worry. I think that's the thing, right? This is what stops mm-hmm. us talking about it. Yeah. The thing mm-hmm. is, if somebody, okay, People often ask, how can you, like, how do you cope with being a therapist? How do you cope with being around big emotion and, and tough feelings and being present for all that? The thing is, those are those are my clients' experiences and feelings. Mm-hmm. I hold the space for that. I don't, I can be there with them, but I'm not experiencing it in the same way that my clients are or that yep. my loved ones are. And yep. it's not my job to take it over and manage it and fix it. It's my job to hold the space for it so that people can look at it, that so that they can feel that someone's got their back and is present for them while they're experiencing those feelings. And I think this is the misconception around our own experiences and the fear of burdening, and that's a big word that gets used a lot, just as we talked about anxiety and how much melodramatic comes up as a oh. word, right? And so burdening really comes up with depression. And that melodramatic is, is a piece of it for some people, but that sense of, I don't want to bring someone down. I don't want someone to have to, you know, be in my presence when I'm feeling this way. Well, chances are you've been around someone who was trying to rush to fix, who had a really tough time sitting yeah. with your pain. Yeah. This is not what you're asking for. What you're asking for, I imagine, is validation, love, support, presence, care, but not for someone to have to come up with the solutions. Let, let, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I will tell people, like, oh, you know, I didn't talk to so-and-so about my depression because I didn't want to burn them. I didn't want to ruin their day or anything like that. But really what it is, I'm like, I don't – I'm afraid of hearing, like, oh, just smile or just oh, be happy. God, like, I'm yes. afraid exactly. – I'm, I'm more afraid of, like – depressed. Yeah, um, just stop it. Dude, uh, right? dude. <laughs> the freaking have uh, – like, have you tried just being happy? I'm just like – the literally someone said on, I went, yeah. oh, my gosh, I never thought of that. Why – Oh, why didn't anybody? I went to so many therapy appointments, and they never suggest. Well done, right? And, and I'm cured. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. So like, I'm I'm more, and obviously like for for like loved ones and stuff, I know they're not going to do that and whatnot. But like when like someone who I don't have that kind of connection was like, oh, why didn't you tell me you're depressed? And it's like, well, because I didn't know how you were going to respond, and that's I don't want to threaten where I'm already at, the low level I'm at, by getting taken lower just by one simple sentence. Exactly. Because that's all it will take. Well, and, and and beyond that, even if someone is trying to be helpful, yeah, and they're kind of misfiring, now you have the now you have the task of not only managing your own mood, but now you have to manage their goodwill. Yeah, who's yeah. being and burdened here, huh? They're they're trying so, so hard to help you fix the problem. Yeah. Meanwhile, you you've tried all the things. 
that mm-hmm. you know how to do. And that's the thing. I, I, I wish people would understand that if most of the time, if somebody is being brave enough, and I, I, I mean that, if somebody is being brave enough to open up to you about their feelings and they've been struggling, um, they, they've been struggling with symptoms of depression, they have tried everything they know. Absolutely. Kale is it, probably not going to fix this thing. Yoga Obelord, is Obelord not a panacea. Yep. Overlord of the chat was like, have you tried yoga? Ugh. <laughs> it's, it, like it's, it's, it's like Lauren and I talked. It's like telling an ADHD person, have you tried lists? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, yeah, they're all lost in my house. I have no idea where I left that last one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> I have tried lists. I have 15 of them probably under my chair hidden. I have no idea mm-hmm. where they are. But it's a, it's the same thing that as human beings, we we jump to try and fix people's problems. And it's a very natural reaction. We don't want people to struggle. We don't want people to suffer. But what's counterintuitive is that if somebody has brought this to our attention, they're at the point where they've tried everything. They have done mm-hmm. everything they know, and paradoxically, me offering them solutions is going to ironically make them feel worse in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. It certainly does for me and for a lot of other people I know with depression that, like, I'm already down on myself. Why can't I fix this? Well, this person thinks they have the solutions. I haven't done those solutions, or maybe I have tried those solutions at spiral. Yes, and the thing is, the solutions that are really going to work for you are your solutions. Yeah. And and that's why self-help books don't work so terribly well. There might be one or two things in there you might find really useful, absolutely. But you have to find the solutions that are going to be working for you. And so somebody else coming up with, well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Can just end up making you feel worse. And worse yet, it's not making you feel or allowing you to feel really listened to. Mm-hmm. And of all the things that we know works, really being listened to, cared for, not feeling in isolation with your emotions, feeling that support goes a long way towards helping people manage their depression. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect, but it means that, okay, you have my back and now I can maybe figure out what other things to try. And maybe if I'm having trouble getting to the mental health professionals or looking up stuff, you know, so much of the time with my clients, it's a loved one who's actually making the call with their full permission. But they're like, I'm calling to see if you're free. I'm just calling to see if maybe we can set up a consult for my partner or my friend or my whoever. Because if that's one less thing that person has to deal with, that's great. They don't have to make all the calls in here. Actually, I'm not taking people now or I'm not doing this or I'm doing that. Or how about you try these people? Just some of that can be managed. And that's where you can really be helpful to someone who's struggling. It's like, what can I do? You know, and my, my, my wife and I, like we both struggle with depression and like we almost have like a routine now where like if one of us says like we have different levels of it as like i'm in a funk i'm not feeling great or i'm depressed mm-hmm. yeah and that's smart you know, mm-hmm. and and essentially like as soon as one of us says that the usually the first question is do you want to talk and if the answer is no it's uh it says the other person's like okay and then we'll probably go grab a game controller stick it in the other person's hands put a blanket on them turn on the tv and be like do you want me here or do you want to be alone yeah and we just basically have these things set up where it's like we know when the other one is in that mood or in that mode or whichever one you want to do and just essentially do what we can 
knowing that we're not the answer, we can't solve it. We can only just do things to possibly help in that moment. And well, and having an ally is important. Yeah and, yeah, and let's take the pressure off. You don't need to have the answer, and you yeah. don't need to solve it. Yeah. In fact, it's better if you don't actually try, because what I know about working with people and therapy is that agency is so important, and if I can feel like I can make choices that are going to work for me. And maybe if I'm really feeling foggy about it, I'm not sure what those are. But my job as a therapist is to help a person uncover that for themselves. And when you have a loved one, that's something you can certainly try to do a little bit, which is to say, let me know if there's something I can do to make things easier for you right now. What's going to make this evening better? Is there some way I can support that? What's going to make tomorrow better? Is there something I can take off your plate or help you do? You know, these are very practical things and they're things we usually can do as opposed to getting in there with, well, have you spoken to your doctor? Have you done this? Have you done that? Did you try? Have you read this self-help book? You know, why don't you go outside? It's such a nice day. Why are you in here? Why are you, you know, those things, just shame and blame and maim, Mm -hmm. really. Well, there's, I mean, you reminded me of one of my most hated, hated, hated internet memes. Mm. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where somebody on the top panel of two is holding a pill. This is a drug. And below is a picture of a verdant green path. This is an antidepressant. And I'm just like, no, table flip, table flip. <laughs> No, God. no. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. great. If you could, if you can solve your chronic depression by going outside into nature, cool. And there is some evidence to support the idea that green time can be helpful. But if there was an easy solution for everybody, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I would be peddling it. Okay, mm-hmm. it. The, the truth is that properly prescribed medication managed by a licensed provider can be a tremendous, there's tremendous evidence for that helping people to manage symptoms effectively. Absolutely. It's nothing. I, I have, I have used anti antidepressant medications at various points in my life when it's hit that point. And I, I will tell you, that when we found the one that when we found the one that worked for me, me and my psychiatrist, uh, it was like color returned to my world that I didn't even know was missing. Absolutely. It really can be very life changing for people. Um, and I think it being on an antidepressant doesn't mean you're going to be on an antidepressant forever. First of all, you might not be. You might be someone who needs to start taking it in the fall and you may be able to not take it, you know, once spring hits and then you may need it again in the fall, right? You may need it occasionally at certain points in your life. And the more tuned in you are to yourself, your moods, your experiences, the more you will know whether that's true. And for some people, yes, you'll need to be on it, but the quality of your life will improve so much. And it's not the medication that's doing that. All the medication is doing is it's giving you a little bit more energy a little bit more of what your brain needs to do well in terms of neurotransmitters. Um, and that allows you to do the rest. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, similar to my being on ADHD meds, it was like the difference was night and day. I was just able to focus and function so much better. Um, and I haven't needed them at all points in my life. But once hitting menopause, definitely the fogginess of menopause, I will tell you all, plus the fogginess of being ADHD just collided in a super, super foggy way where it's hard to see anything. <laughs> like it's, it's so you, you have to just be in tune with yourself. And that's a process, a conversation with your doctor, with the therapist and tuning into your own needs. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and one of the things that, and, and we, we really haven't overtly brought this up is that depression Major depression, and let's 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 differentiate this between a momentary response to an extremely sad event, so depression with a little d, versus major depressive disorder, which is a pervasive lowered mood. Yeah. But it's also cognitive depression. This is not just about your mood. This is about your brain capability as well. And the what literally one of the symptoms of major depressive disorder is the inability or decreased ability to think or concentrate. And mm. if you've already got some executive functioning challenges, like every, everybody in the, everybody on screen right now has either ADHD or autism, mm. and we probably get real weird <laughs> when we're yes. depressed on top the- of that. <laughs> There, there's a, there's a question in the chat though, or it's not a question, but uh, just something. Uh, Liberation said uh, the problem with solutions to depression, uh, whether it's exercise, green time, whatever, is uh, how do I make myself care enough to make the effort? If I felt, uh, uh, if I felt my own well being was uh, worth expending on energy on, I probably wouldn't be depressed. But like I, I, I've, like I, I specifically remember a moment where like I was in a depressive state, and I was like. And I looked at my wife. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna let's just go out. Let's just try that. And we got out. And I got out of the car. And I had my sunglasses on. It was a bright, sunny day. And everyone's running around having a good time. And I went, yep, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's there's no there's no again there's no one solution. If there was, I'd be peddling it. It absolutely. Yep. But. The idea that there are things, this is why we talked about several weeks ago having a tool belt. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can't use a drill for everything. If we're, if we're bringing this into just mechanical tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and chat, you, you, you can save it. it we, we know you could probably do it at some point, but don't worry. We're, we're, this, is, this is an analogy. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a metaphor. And yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's I, I know there's going to be some contrarian in a chat because there is. And every I know you gamers. I get you. I am you. I get it. Um, but you, it's can and should are different different statements. All right. Yeah. So you're not going to, it's not effective. Mm. It's not effective to use a drill as every tool. Okay. You certainly could use it as a hammer for a little bit before you break the battery on it. And those lithium ion batteries are not cheap. They're not. You, um, 
So instead, you've got an entire collection of things that you build up over time that you know are effective for different situations, and you do that through trial and error. And that's why mm-hmm. a good licensed mental health professional really is helpful to, like, you know, Mitra. This is what Mitra does all day Absolutely. when she's not here is, you know, you help people figure out their individualized solutions. Exactly. And I'm going to say, if what you're experiencing is that I've tried a number of my different tools that normally might help manage mood, or depression because it doesn't necessarily go away it there's it's going to be less and sometimes it's going to be harder to manage so when you get to that place of i've tried this i've tried that these things used to work in the past now they don't yeah go see a mental health professional go see your family mm-hmm. doctor um, because it can be really important to get something um, in terms of the self-care and the the as in talking with someone about what new self-care solutions might be a help, um, and also what's really going on. Because what I often find, and I find this even with the pandemic, I've had a few clients talk about their depression and, you know, and then talk about how they feel like they're just not getting anywhere very far, you know, career-wise, life-wise, or, well, I thought when I had this time, I'd be able to indulge, you know, I'd be able to do this hobby a bit more. I'd be able to play more guitar or do this or that, right? And I say, okay, you know what? you're in the middle of a pandemic and you didn't get sick and you're taking care of your family and you're still able to do the work and the things that are required of you. What do you think of that? Like, yeah. And they're like, huh, okay, well, guess I'm doing better than I thought. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my point here isn't to minimize people's experience of their negative mood or their, or their sad feelings or the sense of being a burden to others, but to also say, please notice what else you're going through Mm -hmm. because we usually forget oh i'm feeling so low i should feel better or it's such a nice day i should but my kids are doing great i should you know no should is a terrible word is a terrible word do not should on yourself should you know i'm going to take a moderate perspective on this should has usefulness okay if there wasn't the word should we wouldn't have society because (laughs) should tells us there are standards. However, yep. that can be taken too far. And the idea that you should be happy all the time is it's BS. Mm-hmm. It's absolute. I mean, again, we're co- we're coming back to the idea of mood versus emotion. Yeah. And the idea that I, I, I love the comic, The Oatmeal. I'm sure a lot of people I, I, I'm sure a lot of people in the chat do as well. And the the oatmeal did an amazing amazing comic that highlights the idea of conflating happiness with satisfaction mm-hmm. and, and or being content mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. happy is a momentary effusive emotion that is not sustainable long term satisfaction on the other hand is is something that is potentially sustainable long-term as Mm -hmm. a mood, and they are different. Very. I'm going to say, you know, just as we don't expect someone to be angry all the time or sad all the time, why would we expect them to be happy all the time? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 
Um, okay, let's go ahead and uh, take a little break for our disclaimer to remind our viewers and listeners. Uh, and remember, uh, people here live in the chat, you can leave questions that uh, our awesome mod today, Lauren Urban, will take and put in the tech stock that I will ask later in the show. So get those ready and put them in there. Uh, but yeah, let's take a little break. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Yes, for people asking in the chat, that was Lauren, and that was her playing the oboe, and it is absolutely fantastic, and I love every time I hear it. <laughs> Oboes rule. Yeah. Obes, Seriously. too. Obes, yeah, yeah like... apparently, oh, uh, <laughs> according to me in the chat, uh, 30 seconds ago obes rule <laughs> obes. obes rule yeah, yeah obes um so we, ha we have a couple other points that we want to hit and i don't know if we're gonna be able to get to all of them before oh, so we uh, we check in with chat yeah but um one of them that i definitely did want to talk about was the the, the common cold of mental health um why is depression called the common cold of mental health Oh, well, it occurs in so many different circumstances and it's comorbid, I mean, in co-occurring with so many other mental health disorders as well, um, that it's just there, like so many experience, people experience that when they're experiencing other things in their life. For example, um, bereavement, right? And so you might be experiencing bereavement that eventually turns into depression because there's some loss of meaning in your life. Um, so there's that. And then we often feel complicated feelings, um, both around loss and even around happy events. Um, for example, um, it's common to feel a little bit depressed uh, around the time that you get married or shortly after. And this is a mm -hmm. weird one, but it's just like your life just changed and you had this beautiful marker to, to note that. And that's wonderful, but there can also be some sense of that change. Um, postpartum depression is a big one. It's biological, of course, um, as well. And for some people, because of the profound life change and the loss of themselves as they knew it, they, that can absolutely bring up tremendous depression for them at a time where it's very complicated to feel that way because you also expect or hope to feel a lot of joy. So I think when we talk about that common cold experience and we say, I ought to be feeling this way, joyful, happy, full, satisfied, right? Maybe I've reached a major life goal and now I feel mm -hmm. a bit meh, right? I've worked so hard and have motivated so long to get to this thing. Now what? Right? And so it's just that it's just not an unusual or unexpected experience. Now, whether it turns into something clinical in terms of now it's been some time and these, these emotions aren't abating. And so we are talking about major depressive disorder. Um, you know, 
where it has its beginnings is still important, but what we're dealing with and now what we have to cope with is also actually front and center. Okay. Well, and to, to add into that, um, mm -hmm. even ta taking it outside of the concept of bereavement, the idea that someone you care, someone you love, ha you've lost them, they've died, the idea of other mental health challenges are yeah. so stigmatized and we often feel guilty or ineffective about the fact that we struggle with these things when we shouldn't have yeah. to. Mm. And that's, that's, again, it's BS. It's internalized ableism, frankly. And for uh, like, let's take autism. I mean, I talk about it. I'm autistic. There are so many moments in my life, especially before I was diagnosed that I was reacted to or thought of myself as a broken version of normal, not realizing I'm on a different operating system. And I went for three decades viewing myself as a broken version of normal, as ineffective and as incapable and things weren't getting better and other people reacted to me badly. And for me and for a lot of other people who have a primary diagnosis, whether it's, you know, whether it's PTSD, whether it's anxiety, whether it's schizophrenia, whether it's bipolar disorder, ADHD, autism, it doesn't matter. The depression often ends up as a secondary manifestation Absolutely. due to these internalized messages of ineffectiveness, of disempowerment. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, this is probably a good point, to, good time to bring up one of the more commonly used models of depression uh, which was pioneered by a, a guy named Aaron Beck, a psychiatrist who's about 90 gajillion years old right now, about three feet tall and still hilarious. <laughs> and uh, this, this model of depression has three parts. And that's a negative view of self, a negative view of others, and a negative view of the world and future. So basically, I suck, other people suck, and nothing's going to get better. Yeah. Mm. A lot of, a lot of, interventions a lot of psychiatric and psychological treatments approach those to basically either start showing evidence of that you don't suck or maybe others don't and there is possibility for change they try and kick out one of those legs to you know rebuild the mm -hmm. whole thing but mm -hmm. yeah those internalized negative messages is part of the reason depression happens with so many other Absolutely. Primary diagnoses. Yeah. It's why I often say to clients, you know, you have to be kind to yourself, even when you don't want to. That's actually mm. when it's most important to be kind yeah. to yourself. And it's not going to come naturally. And nope. it's not always going to be easy. Oh, it's hard. And you still need to do it. Yep. That's a should. <laughs> well, and, yeah, and it's... <laughs> wait, go on. Well, that, that was a joke. That becomes a double-edged sword. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, this idea that it, so one there's a really common thought cycle for people who people who struggle with major depressive disorder. And that's uh, like, I feel a lack of motivation. I don't do the thing. This confirms my previously held belief that I'm not good at things. Which decreases my motivation, lack of motivation, don't do the thing and around and around and around it goes. Yeah. And that's why the kindness because I think what happens there is we corrode our own self-trust. And I have definitely, in my, in my youth, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I basically bombed out of university. I did fine in my first year, but my first year was a special program where it was quite small. It was much more like a community college. And then second year, it was roaring into those those courses where you have 400 people in a classroom and it's just huge. And, and it was a big campus and it was overwhelming. Um, and of course, I didn't know I, I was also dealing with ADHD. Um, and I bombed out badly. But the mistrust was really difficult because I would say, okay, today I'm going to get this thing done. But I wouldn't. I couldn't. I didn't know I couldn't, but I couldn't. Okay, well, tomorrow. And you know, after a week of this, you start saying, I'm going to get this thing done. And there's the other insidious voice within the self that says, sure you are. Yeah, sure you are. Right. And so that's that corrosive process. But if we can, if we actually can see our own capacity or lack thereof, and that's okay, right? We have to start where we are. So that's the first thing is to really acknowledge, actually, I'm finding this all really difficult. Or I just, I can't do today, you know? Okay. <laughs> no, I can't do today. Just I have, today. I have, yeah. Nope. I, yeah. have, I have said that so many times. Nope. Yeah. I can't do today. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I'm bouncing. I will do today tomorrow. When yeah. tomorrow becomes today. Yeah. Can. Yeah. Now this is turning into a Muppet thing of, you know, <laughs> the, the train that goes tomorrow will return, return again today. I don't know. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, do you not know that? Um, we'll talk about that later. That's we will talk song. about that. I just love this. I'm touching into a cultural icon of some sort. It's so useful. This is a challenge um, of not growing up in, in, in one culture and having multiple different things to draw on is you also miss certain things, which is cool because then <laughs> I get to figure them out now. Heck yeah. Um, so great. But yeah, so that experience of being able to go, yeah, okay, I can't. That's starting where you are. Which is, I think, really important. We, if, yes. we, if we don't know what our baseline today is and what we're dealing with, then we're not going to find it easy to be kind to ourselves because we have this unrealistic expectation of what we're supposed to be able to accomplish. And it's great that we could accomplish that five years ago, and maybe we can't now. Or maybe yeah, we no, have a dream of accomplishing today. it, but we can't right now. And we're not always in that space of self-loathing and those brain weasels. Um, yeah, those brain weasels. brain weasels. Yeah, exactly, right? We, we're not able to actually look at um, me and take care of me. There's a small inner me that's just going, ah, make it all stop, right? We have to be able to acknowledge that self. So. Well, and let's, I, I want to actually bring that up in the context of something somebody brought up in the chat. And this mm. is a huge pet peeve of mine when it comes to personal struggles. The idea that someone else must, uh, someone else has it worse, and they might. Mm-hmm. So therefore, what we're dealing with isn't a problem. No, 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 no. If I have a broken finger and someone else has a broken leg, I still have a broken finger. It's not a pain Olympics, people. No, yeah, yeah. no. Don't a be problem a is a problem. Elitist. Is a problem. And you have yeah. to acknowledge it at first. And you don't, I don't want people feeling ashamed. I take a strong stand on this. Really, I, I know. It's like, but I should be so fortunate and I have this and I have that and I shouldn't feel this way. No, that's not helping anything, really. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's okay. Just be in contact with your own feelings so that you can um, be kind to yourself so that you can start to take those steps that will genuinely help you. It is true that some have it worse. It is mm-hmm. true that some have it better. But we're where we're at. We need to deal with mm-hmm. us. Let's yes. not take on anything else right now. 
Let's just yeah. be good to ourselves and deal with where we're at. Well, and mm-hmm. and let's 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 acknowledge it honestly. It, you know, compare. I I I I'm really hesitant to ever say one thing or another is the is the way. Like mm-hmm. comparing ourselves to other people, there are advantages to that. There are also disadvantages when we take it too far or too rigidly. And in the idea that if someone else has it worse, therefore I should not be struggling with something, that's BS. Yeah, exactly. that is absolute BS. Because if you're struggling with something, that's the starting point. Saying I shouldn't be struggling it makes it more of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And now you're dealing with your own feelings about yourself, as well as the feelings of being depressed, as well as the context in which you're trying to cope. And like I said earlier, you might not really even be fully aware of what that context is. You know, for a long time when I was experiencing depression and really struggling with school, I had family issues and some trauma I was trying to untangle. I had a new culture I was still kind of coping with because I'd only really been in Canada about, I don't know, three years at that point. Um, I had ADHD, which I didn't even know was a thing. So all of that was playing into my poor self-worth and how I was feeling about me. And if all I was focusing on was, oh, my self-worth should be better and I should feel better and I should get this work done and I should manage that, can you see... (laughs) How impossible it would have been. Wait, 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 Mitra. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me, you're telling me that having upended your life and come to a culture where things are done very differently, 24-7, being out of step with the people around you, having an undiagnosed executive functioning challenge, and trying to do high-level work in uh, high-level educational work, while all of this is going on. Oh, I forgot to mention the trauma more? of two deaths. Yeah. And you're grieving two people. One at 13, one at 17. And okay. at this point, I'm only yes. 19. Let's remember. So your frontal lobe is underdeveloped, hasn't fully developed. Don't call me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> so your frontal lobe is under is basically under firing. You're, you're grieving two deaths. You've got front, you know, you're you're a teenager, you're in a fully different culture, and you're trying to, trying to do high-level academic work, and you're telling me you're struggling? Right? Oh, I know. Shock. The shock. Yep. I was so surprised. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Just a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and you know, yeah, until I sat down with the, luckily the university had the counseling program and I sat down with this lovely therapist who was a therapist in training. She really did a great job, but she was like, okay, let's look at anger and numbness <laughs> and upset. And, you know, and, and it's like, wow. Yeah, and I, I will say that I think, again, the problem with positivity is that, for sure, because I was dealing with so much, I also wasn't allowing myself, I had no idea that one ought to allow oneself, in fact, to feel all those feelings that were coming up. Now, there are really good reasons why we don't feel our feelings. Okay, there's a lot to them. We still have to do our life. And there's a tremendous fear, usually, that when our feelings come up, we open that door, and it's like, all of the crap in the basement is going to come out like Pandora's box. Don't call and there's me out. going to be no way to put I... it all back. 
And so it's terrifying. It's like, I can't go see a therapist. I'm going to have to talk about this stuff. I'm going to talk about it. I can't see it. And it's going to like take over my life and I won't be able to function ever. Trevor, so it's not I would true. like to report Mitra. She's talking about me without permission. <laughs> Well, actually, I wanted to hop in real quick because we're at the time where we usually switch over to chat. But chat, the one of the first questions is very similar to this. Oh. Uh, this comes from uh, Blue Scale, which says uh, one issue uh, with going to a therapist is that it means facing things that uh, you aren't uh, trying uh, you're, that you are trying to not think about. That can be a hard thing when you're not ready for it, and that's kind of what you're talking about there. Yeah. Where it's like there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. Yeah, the first thing any good therapist will tell you is how do we scaffold this experience? So while we dismantle the old house, we need supports in place so that you can cope. The yep. first thing anybody does, particularly if you're coming in and you're in crisis, is help you figure out your supports. Mm -hmm. Help you mm -hmm. find them, help you figure out how to be comfortable relying on them, yep. take the pressure off, because we're not going to dismantle the house in a day. This isn't a wrecking ball here. It's brick by yeah. brick, and we're going to just take it apart slowly, and we're going to work it out. So the first thing is to know where you're at and know what you need, and we go from there. And yeah. But in terms of knowing what you need, it's okay to come in not knowing what that is. A good therapist will help you uncover your solutions. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's actually – this is – this is something that I bring up with people who very commonly they they ask me questions like, uh, how can I use Dungeons and Dragons to help my friends deal with their mental health challenges? You don't, first of all. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't because do it. Because asking people the questions to help them unpack the, the horrifically messy trap-laden toy box is, that's the easy part. Mm-hmm. Learning how to scaffold those safeties, as Mitra was talking about, to build a foundation of support while you look through all that stuff at the pace that they can handle, essentially containment and safety, that's the trickiest part. And that's that takes a lot of practice and training to be able to do. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of liability to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, another another question that is uh, that was in the chat. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Cy Morgan. Uh, question: I tend to feel down Sunday afternoon and start thinking that there's not much uh, to enjoy in life. Uh, is that a depression thing? Maybe. I mean, it's, it could be a lot of things. I, you know, yeah, it's I because there there's. I mean, it depends on also like do you have a, a five day a week job? Because yeah. I know that yeah, Sunday night was man that was time for for my mental status to come out and play man it was just like hey you just had this really great weekend now everything's terrible yeah, yeah. and i do that because of anxiety yeah and so it it, it really it, for individual questions like this i think the first thing we're going to say is you know go if this is a concern to you go talk to an individual licensed 100%. mental health provider who's going to help you get to the definitely because that, that could be a lot of things it could be a co connection or disconnection with your job it could be that's the first time you've actually had time to sit and be with your feelings it could be just the overload of the week coming up and you're just in a chronically tired state it's so hard to say right so it's worth mm -hmm. looking into um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh let's see um PCM author uh, says, uh, is uh, is it sometimes useful to wallow in your lows? Uh, just let them happen. Mm, yes. I mean, that's the short answer, but it's hard to say what you mean by that. I guess um, where I take this is that sometimes having a chance to examine what's underneath the low feeling is useful, right? Because mm -hmm. 
sometimes we have an emotional response to something, anger, sadness, you know, whatever it is in a funk, but we don't know why. And so getting a chance to explore that is important. Um, wallowing is such a difficult and loaded word. It's another yeah. one like burden. It's like, yeah. if I'm sitting there with my feelings, am I wallowing? Like, or am mm. I just exploring my feelings or am I just allowing myself to be for a bit so that I can figure out what's happening or just even just mourn or grieve something? So mm. I find that to be a difficult word because it's so judgment loaded for mm -hmm. people. It's like, it's, it's, it implies, okay, so you're deliberately staying in this state, you know, when yes. you should change it, yeah. right? I, I've, and I've done that, by the way. There, so, so you know, we, we, we have the show kind of as like, a, you know, mental health and gaming. And there's actually one that I want to talk about here really quick that has to do with this. And that is a game called Celeste. Mm. Um, if you have not. Oh, oh, yeah, oh you, you mean have not played Dr. Mark. Award, take this as Dr. Mark award winning game Celeste. Mm hmm. If you have not played this game, I highly recommend you go check it out right now. Like, unless you're driving and listening to this as a podcast, then, you know, pull the car over and do a Google search. Uh, but it, it it is a side-scrolling game. It looks like it's kind of like a Super Meat Boy style where it's just like it's super hard and everything. Except there are so many uh, ways to help you get through this game. And the reason why it is that is because even though this looks like it is just about a woman trying to climb a mountain and there's weird magic things happen, it's about depression. Yeah. And... There is a part towards the end that I won't spoil for you all that made me sit there and go, wow, I had never thought about my depression like that before. And love that game. It, and, and, and it has to do with this question, which is why I bring it up. Um, I, I just I highly recommend you go take a look at it. It's very good. It It's a, I mean, it's just first of all, it's a great platformer. And I'm going to brag. Yeah. I only died a thousand fourteen <laughs> in beating that game. Mm, only a thousand fourteen. I get, again, like I said, there are options in the menu to just let you to help you get through the game if you need, and do not feel bad about doing that. It is completely fine to do it. Mm -hmm. Get get that get that angry troll that you imagine back at it behind you yelling at you for doing playing games on easy out there. They're just stupid. Uh, <laughs> it is Celeste, uh, Rasmussen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can put that in the chat, that'd be that'd help. I'm, um, I'm going to actually put in a plug for a little game that I think would be very useful for people who don't understand depression um, or aren't experiencing it but want to understand maybe what a loved one is going through. And that's a little PC game that I think is still available called Depression Quest. Oh, God. Oh, Depression Quest. Oh, it's oh, that is a powerful game. That is a powerful Ooh. game in in terms of narrative. Oh, yeah. Mitra. <laughs> I guess that's a ringing endorsement from Doctor B. <laughs> yes and no. It's a little too good. It's it's, it's it, a, it is available on Steam. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really excellent. What it is is that you, if you are experiencing depression, you're going to say, "Geez, this is really calling me out." Stop playing. Go get help. Really. Mm -hmm. um, but if you if you think like I don't really get what this is or how people experience it, it's an mm -hmm. excellent game for that. Yeah you will really get a much more nuanced understanding of what it might be like for a loved one or those around you when they're experiencing depression. So bad. It's so intense. The, that game it is, is intense. It is brilliantly done. It is also super intense. 
I'm saying this thought directed at the person earlier in chat that was like sometimes joking about my depression helps. I, I brought it up on Steam and it says reviews mixed. I went, hmm, just like my depression. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <it's> perfect. <laughs> I have very mixed reviews of my depression. Uh, yes, yes, same. No, I, yeah. depression, uh, one, one out of five, would not recommend. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, don't even rent, not buy, just don't buy. Sucks. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, um, but uh, we 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 do have a lot of uh, questions here. But unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for discussions today. We maybe we will uh, touch on this topic again. I mean, one of them that we didn't even get to that uh, is, is toxic positivity. Boo! Uh, when I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but if you don't know what that is, uh, viewers and listeners, please go check it out. It, it don't do it, don't do it. Um, Good vibes only. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, you really put people in a position of feeling shamed for having emotions yep. other than go go go. It's all great, and and that's such a huge problem, particularly. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was going to say. I see that on dating apps. It's an immediate oh, swipe left. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. That's that's all the time we got for discussions today. I'm sorry if we didn't get to your question. Uh. From the chat. Uh. We hope that you'll come around. Uh. Next time and. Uh, Bring some more questions with you. Uh, but uh, Mitra, Dr. B, where can people find you if they uh, would like to, to hear or see more of you? I have a website, mitrajordan.com, and I am not super active, but present on Twitter. <laughs> so feel free to contact <laughs> me that way. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. So, yeah. And I am He's on, everywhere. He's I, everywhere. <laughs> no, I'm on all the, I'm all the on this all the socials at the Dr. B. It's right down here. It's T H E E D O C T O R B. Uh not the Dr. B, the Dr. B. The. And but it's actually if you're gonna follow somebody, I mean, yeah, you can follow me, but it's more important that you follow Take This at Take This Org on all of the socials. We got a lot of good stuff coming and uh, we we we'd love to have your support. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on the Difficulty Class podcast every Friday, as well as Champions of Lore every Wednesday now at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Twitch.tv slash CNE Game. So if you you, know, you got some time tomorrow, come hang out and we'll talk some good lore. Um, just as a heads up uh, uh, later today, uh, Bardic Inspiration is postponed. So enjoy the rest of your day. Play Smile Champions. Have some fun. Get some good loot. Uh, but I want to thank Lauren for moderating in the chat and doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much, Lauren. You're juggling so many things, and I appreciate you. Uh, and thank you to Codename Entertainment and Take This uh, for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, you can check it out later as a podcast at 2 p.m. Uh, and if you have any suggestions for future topics that you'd like to hear us talk about, because we're coming up towards the end of the season. It's, it's already happening. We're getting there, and we're going to need some ideas for... The uh, for the next season coming up. Yes, there will be a next there season. There will Spoilers. be a next season. Oh, season three, baby. Season three, <laughs> the reckoning. Uh <laughs> Mental health. The yeah, reckoning. Mental health that? two, <laughs> part like three. <laughs> season four. We this time we take it personal. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can send in uh, topic suggestions that you want to hear us talk about uh, to championspsychology at codenameentertainment.com. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for being here, uh, asking questions, and uh, hopefully enjoying these conversations. And we hope that you will be here with us next week. But until then, take care of yourself. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. 
While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.